amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. So now it's time to turn it up, surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up. We all up in your area like landscape, definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes. It's the mandate that you tune in, it's time to move out so we can move in and recognize that this is no illusion. I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion. It all started off in the book of Genesis when Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis. And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him, he touched his hip but he really could have devoured him. And from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we got to change uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 317, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Of course, I am Chris Featherstone. Follow us on Twitter, at Crave Wrestling, and join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. Tonight, I'm very, very, very excited to have this person on the show tonight, former uh, WWE star, uh, former uh, megastar he was at a point in time. Uh, Very interested uh, to see uh, just his thoughts on just his... uh, his transition uh, from WWE uh, to Impact Wrestling for a moment as well. Uh, still uh, doing his thing as far as just uh, keeping his stock as a, a, a notable name in the professional wrestling in- industry. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Chris Mordeski. Uh Fans can call him Chris Masters, Chris Adonis. Uh, what would you like fans to call you nowadays, Chris? <laughs> uh any of the above. I, I think it's always easier to just go with what most people know, which is Chris Masters. That was the original name. It was in WWE. And I was never too fond of Chris Adonis anyways. That just seemed like something, you know, that we kind of rushed to, to use. I mean, I guess it plays on the whole gimmick, but uh, 
you know, most people know me as Masters, so yeah. it's just safe to go with that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, was it was the Adonis a GFW thing, or or because you were doing you were with GFW for a while, and then you went over to Impact. You guys had your invasion thing, and then you did you know your your stint with with Eli Drake. Where did, where did the Adonis come from? Uh, well, it actually started like as you were saying, kind of with um, Rinka King. Actually, I think originally, okay, where we might have used it. I'm not sure, but. Uh, uh, ever since I was under the umbrella of Jeff Jarrett, we kind of used that, and then because uh, we couldn't use Masters on television either, right? right. That was the whole thing. So uh, I think Rinka King, and then GFW, and then eventually Impact Wrestling, we just carried it over. But uh, I was never completely sold on it. But uh, then again, I wasn't necessarily sold on Masters either because uh, they just gave me that name one day when I walked into Ohio Valley Wrestling. But uh, it grew on me over time. You know, yeah. Masters did. Yeah, Masters actually end up end up working because you know the, the masterpiece. You would have your vignettes when you would uh, you know do the pose downs and all of that. Now, what kind of what, yeah, what, master log, masterpiece? That's masters, right. It just yeah. all tied together. Yeah, it all it all just fit together. Now, was it Bobby Lashley? Was he the was he the first person to break the master log? Yeah, he's the first and still only the official, the only official person to have broken it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What are your thoughts on Lashley going to the uh, WWE? Now, there's been uh, it, it's interesting because uh, the time that you were in the WWE, uh, Impact Wrestling was still big, and, and ROH, you know, was still kind of you know growing some traction, growing a following. Nowadays, it's it's so easy for the WWE to recruit from both Impact and ROH. Uh, what are your thoughts on just, you know, people like Lashley and, and, and EC3 and, and other names coming from Impact and just, uh, you know, seemingly the, the recruiting of, of Triple H? Uh, well, I mean, you know, as far as, like, the, the guys you mentioned, I mean, uh, I don't know. I just think it, it's WWE's the biggest dance, and, mm-hmm. you know, those guys were big fish in a small pond, so to speak, you know, uh, Bobby, I had a good. I had, Bobby had a good run in Impact Wrestling. He was able yeah. to really kind of own his skills and become uh, comfortable as a performer. Not that he wasn't before, but really just kind of grow into, uh, you know, into himself. And uh, you know, it's kind of good timing for him and like an EC3 to go there and uh, see what type of run they can have. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you were Chris Masters, uh, you know, you, you had your, your your tag team one with Carlito for for a little bit. Was that just a matter of the WWE just not really fine? I mean, you guys end up gelling, you know, and, and recently you teamed up for Five Star Wrestling, which is now defunct. But was it a matter of just the WWE not really having anything for the both of you as singles competitors and, and, and kind of putting you together? How, how did that team even come about? Um, that's a good question. How did it come about? I don't know, because when – we got together, we were both doing uh, kind of our own things at that point, yep. I guess, from what I remember. But then again, I guess they transitioned us. Maybe they didn't have anything at that point. I know the plans changed for me a lot. Like, uh, they were going to do all kinds of different things. But, uh, yeah, we ended up getting together. And I just, I think it was actually, it was good looking back because we did kind of gel real well together, especially as heels at that point on the show. And, uh, kind of the backstabbing makeup relationship that we had and 
which is kind of true to life too. It's uh, kind of uh, the best kind of versions uh, of myself and, uh, and of Carly that you saw out there because it was basically uh, us being us. Wasn't that so, your only um, WrestleMania spot? Uh, was it uh, against uh, Kane and Show? Wasn't that a WrestleMania? I worked in the Battle Royal, what they call the Andre Battle Royal now, the year before in L.A. Yeah, that was right. my first mania. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, it worked out real well. I mean, uh, before that, I had feuded with Shawn Michaels, and yep. then uh, that kind of transitioned into, I think, uh, Carly and me teaming up, because then we did the Survivor Series and then the Elimination Chamber, and then by then we were already in cahoots, so to speak. So, uh uh, I don't know if it was that they didn't have anything to do with us for sure, but I know it worked out well. Yeah. So uh, was it? Uh, it was. It was the WrestleMania one that you did went against the uh, Canon Big Show, or was it Survivor Series? Yeah. It, it was. Yeah, it was WrestleMania. No, it was WrestleMania. Yeah, I thought it was. Um, well, at least you know you guys had a storyline. You know, uh, a little bit of a storyline uh, from from you know Kane and, and the Big Show. Uh, were there any other plans to make you guys? I mean, were, were you guys just kind of, you know, the the, the heels to to put the, the t- team of Kane and Big Show over, or were there any long term plans, or just kind of fill in time? No, well, actually, the original plan was we were going to win the titles on that one, but then I think what happened is the Spirit Squad ended up. Uh, they ended up dropping it to the spirit squad and they put Carly and me, you know, which shows that they made it necessary not to plan this, but then they had uh, wanted to turn Carly eventually baby face and keep me as a heel, which is what they did. So we were supposed to win the tag belts originally, but then, uh, you know, plans change. There's a lot of moving pieces in WWE and, it's true. you know, they come up, they come up with plans and a lot of great plans, but for whatever reason, uh, the pieces don't fit or A's got to go in the C slot or, you know, anything like that. So then, uh, you know, everything changes. So, because uh, I think if you look back, I mean, I would have definitely said they could have let Carly and me had a longer run as, and then probably win the titles eventually. And uh, it would have been, uh, you know, good use of time on the show. Yeah, I agree. Especially as heels. Uh, both of you had, both of you had uh, egos the size of uh, Texas. You know, so I think... And there, was just, there was just a lot of funny stuff that we did together too. Yeah, yeah. Good dynamic. It was funny. It was. It was absolutely. And you know, it's interesting because at the towards the end of your career is really when we saw a lot of your in ring work just start started to blossom. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of that was on superstars. Um, but at the same time, it just seems like your in ring work. You were you were in some very competitive matches. Now, were they holding you over, uh, you know, as superstars so they found something better for you? or well, That was a kind of a, an odd point, kind of like a purgatory, so to speak, in, in your career. Uh, were you unhappy at that point? Uh, well, I wasn't happy because I wasn't being used, but also I was super motivated just because I was starting to get really comfortable in the ring and starting to kind of really find myself as a worker. Yeah. Uh, to a point where I was, you know, just getting real confident and having a lot of fun with, uh, I mean, the, the positive side about superstars was a lot of times I got a lot of time to work with, which uh, in turn made me much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the downside is, like you said, on superstars, you're not a part of uh, any major angle. You're not doing anything else. So you're just kind of in limbo. Yeah. So it was a bittersweet type of thing. I was uh, enjoying myself so much in the ring, but at the same time I was fighting because I wanted to have, a spot, uh, you know, something to do. 
And, uh, you know, the top people in management, be a hunter and others, whatnot, had recognized my work and everything and that I really worked hard. CM Punk had mentioned it in that promo that he did in the ring after my release. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think they didn't have any plans of anything to do with me. And by the time, uh, by the time, like, I had already been on Superstar so long, and it was just like they'd refer, they'd talk to me about putting a fresh coat of paint or repackaging me but uh you know it obviously wasn't never happened it wasn't uh to be but uh you know it was definitely i got a lot of acknowledgement over that last year of what i was able to do in the ring and the strides i was able to make and the release kind of came out of nowhere yeah yeah it was it was quite odd because i think you were definitely one of the strongest personalities for for quite some time uh in wwe especially as a heel did you like working babyface at all? Uh, well, I did at that point, just because I was really, again, I was learning how to work it real well. I mean, I think um, I'm a better heel, definitely. I think the character is better as a heel, and I just come off more as a heel. But uh, I enjoyed both. You know, I think a heel was, was a little more of a challenge, a little more of an acting job, as I'm a little more of a grounded and down-to-earth person. So, yeah. uh but being a babyface just became real comfortable towards the end, just wrestling-wise and uh, persona-wise. But I would have loved to uh, have a heel run after, you know, learning to work real well is kind of what I'm trying to say. Is like I had a, a solid year as working as a babyface that last year you were talking about, and then probably the best stuff would have been if I would have been able to turn heel again and then try things from that aspect, uh, you know, with the knowledge and everything that I had acquired up to that point. Yeah. It, has WWE ever contacted you to for a return at all since then? Um, I don't know. I did not not since my release, but uh, it's kind of one of those things where uh, I would definitely listen to the phone call for sure, and I, that'd be nice if they did. But it's not necessarily an aspiration of mine at this point. You know, yeah. like uh, I'm enjoying what I'm doing in the freedom, and I'm just getting older now. I mean. Uh, I'll run in WWE. I don't know how long that could last at this point. I yeah. mean, some guys are able to do it well into their 40s, but, uh, you know, I'm 35 now, so I'm trying to think of what I can do long-term outside yeah. of uh, the wrestling I'm doing now, obviously. Yeah. It's for some reason, I don't know why this makes sense in my mind, but it seems like a, a babyface NXT run by you uh, to feud with someone like a Lars Sullivan. Does that, does that sound remotely okay in your mind or something that you would be interested in? I'm definitely interested in anything because, I mean, this is what I, you know, this is what I've done since I was 19 years old, you know, yeah. even start turning 16. So, I mean, yeah, that'd definitely be fun, and it's exciting to see what they've done with NXT and how, uh, you know, you got a lot of workhorses that come through there and uh, yeah. work up to the main roster and, uh, you know, any of that stuff, of course, sounds interesting. And even, yeah, and you, and you got a point because, NXT used to be like just developmental. Now it's like we're going to allow veterans to come in uh, the, the promotion to help the promotion. You know, people like Bobby Roode, Samoa Joe, Eric Young, you know, they, uh, they, they're they coming in as veterans now. And I think that even Mickey James, before she went back up, she had that uh, uh, the match against Asuka. And I think that, you know, you would be, I mean, Rhino too, they they brought him in there before he went back up. And so uh, the opportunities, like you said, I mean, the opportunities for NXT 
It's great. Real quick, just your 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 latter Impact Wrestling uh, run, working with uh, Eli Drake. You, you, both of you had a really interesting dynamic, but you weren't really used very much on your own. But being kind of you know the um, the fall sure, guy, you know, yeah, 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 the, the fall guy uh, for for Eli Drake. I mean, I'm sure that that wasn't something that you preferred. No, I, I mean, that was part of the reason why I just ended up quitting. I mean, uh, I like Eli Drake, and uh, he's actually a great dude. It was just the way they had us booked was, you know, if they had us kind of in cahoots or as a, uh, a unit, it's one thing. But like you said, it was uh, always featuring him and using me as the fall guy or the cheerleader or anything. And it just, you know, got to the point where, you know, either you're going to book me in something meaningful that can uh, – be useful to me and like, you know, in my work outside of here or, you know, at least uh, pay me an amount that I would deem uh, appropriate for this. And neither one of those were being met. So in the end, uh, you know, I eventually just decided I want out of this. You know, I was just tired of, uh, you know, just being uh, like you said, basically the fall guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but, you know, the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel, as far as that is concerned is that you're, a well-established name in the pro wrestling industry. Uh, you're doing a lot of independent shows at this point? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was part of the impact thing, too, is at that point I was already a well-established guy and had a WWE run. So to have booked me like that, uh, I just felt was like, I felt like they could have at least done more with me or just at least highlight me. Uh, yeah. Uh, not, you know, just as much as Drake, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, like since then, obviously, I've been working a lot of, around the world in terms of indies and whatnot. And uh, there was five star wrestling, although that went down. But uh, you know, like this weekend, I'm going to Germany. I just got back from uh, Italy and Panama, so there's a lot of uh, international work out there nice. that I've obviously seen in my uh, couple runs here on the indies. Yeah, absolutely. And I was thinking, you know. It- they had you as the fall guy for Drake. At least that could have been developed into you got tired of being as lackey. That's a perfect babyface turn for you to have a very, you know, good story feud with Drake. Was was that even discussed at all? Oh, well, that was my hoping, actually. And it wasn't necessarily discussed, but I, I'm figuring that that's eventually what it would have gotten to. But uh, I wasn't necessarily, after a certain point, I just wasn't linked, waited out, you know, yeah. like, uh, they had cut their budget and uh, they had cut my pay uh, sub- substantially. So uh, it kind of just got to the point where it wasn't worth it. But uh, mm-hmm. in my mind, uh, that's what I was hoping for eventually, because otherwise there would have been no payoff for me right. to go through all that. If it didn't lead to something like that, that would have been the only way it would have paid off from a character as- aspect. Yeah, absolutely. So you were under, you were under Dixie for, you were under Jarrett for a while and then you, I uh, came back under Anthem, and then was it Callis and um, Demore? Were you ever under their management at all? Yeah, yeah, because when I first came to Impact originally, it was actually Jeff mm-hmm. had already taken over along with Anthem, and then they had let go of Jeff, and then it was basically Scott Demore, Sanjay Dudd, and then eventually Don uh, came on uh, at the last set of tapings I was at. Mm-hmm. Was it – Was it? I mean, other than is it in, as far as the pay is concerned, was Anthem tough to negotiate with, or was was Scott and Don uh, willing to work with you? Uh, what was the what was the rift in in management there? Uh, well, no, there was nothing. When I first initially came, I was being paid X amount, and then uh, 
around uh, maybe five to six months in, uh, you know, there was all kinds of questions about the money anthem and yeah. whatever. And then I got a call from Scott just telling me that they were going to have to cut the pay for most of the talent. And uh, initially I agreed to it, just seeing if I could, uh, it'd be worth it to stick around. But, uh, you know, eventually by the second set of tapings, I was just, it wasn't, worth it my yeah. time necessarily so uh and i didn't necessarily i mean we didn't necessarily have any conversations i just actually inevitably left yeah so there was a referee that said that he had to pay for everything for like a year and still didn't get an opportunity that you that you have to pay for like uh plane expenses and, and food and travel and all that too oh no no they got the plane okay they got after i mean that's uh general rule of thumb. If somebody's not going to book my effort, I'm definitely not going. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it was, it was kind of uh, typical to a TV tape, you know, that, I mean, they had us pay for our hotel and our own expenses, which was part of my gripe with them, uh, just because it was hard to even book a hotel in Orlando, first of all, with all the conventions they have there. Right. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was just, so, I mean, but that was kind of the same thing with WWE, right? Like, they you would kind of take care of your own expenses outside the flight, and then, uh, so you pay for your lodging and your food yourself outside of what they provide you to show. Yeah, but the pay was substantially greater, I'd imagine. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Awesome, man. Well, I'm glad that uh, you're still, you know, you're still running strong on the independent scenes. Let the listeners know where to find you on social media. And uh, as of uh, Tuesday, the uh, – uh, was it Tuesday the twenty fourth? I believe is the date. So any any um any shows after that? Uh, well, in terms of social media, you can reach me at Chris Master or my Twitter is Chris Masters three one zero. Same thing on Instagram. Uh, for bookings and appearances and whatnot, it's Masterpiece eighty three at gmail dot com. And then uh, what were you saying? Upcoming dates. Yeah, as of uh, Tuesday the 24th, yeah. Tuesday, is that Tuesday the 24th? Tuesday's not the 24th, is it? No, 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 no. The, the show, yeah, yeah, the show, Tuesday night the 24th, oh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, just, uh, upcoming ones are just Germany this weekend and then uh, Florida at uh, the beginning of next month. Yeah, awesome. Well, Chris, it's been a pleasure. Appreciate you coming on the show tonight. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, just uh, I'm sure that you'll keep uh, going and, and keep treading. Uh, how long do you plan on staying as a wrestler, and do you have any other uh, endeavors uh, outside of wrestling? Uh, well, I'll probably wrestle as long as I put the tights on. I mean, I love it. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I've been doing it so long. So, uh, And as far as outside of that, I don't know. We'll see what the future holds. I'm still uh, figuring that out. Absolutely. Chris, it's been a pleasure, man. Appreciate you coming on the show tonight. All right. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Mike. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners. Three. On mine. Let's go. The whole squad is making it clear We've taken this year You know who we are But you don't know why we're here So this is where the big boys play These big boys play Like who defies the living God Get out the big boys way Outsiders with the swoop in We live as kings You see in us But our third man waits in the wings And when the time is right We shock him with the proper attack I go for dolo but ain't solo Cause the promo in black Hollywood Hendrix Prizzle pinning them 
to the max. And I'm that one mission with the strength of a hundred men. With one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap about your gas and your racks torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome, never lost faith. You in all space, you can all skate, suffer, but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. <laughs> From here to Saturday, Raven, anticipating. I was frostbit, now I am glacier, mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals, using God for my defense. In Alabama, we jamming, that's beautiful, Bobby eating. Me and Priest, we the dangerous alliance, nah, the Harlem Heat. Tie the do rag before we do battle. You're talking sheep, you are what you speak, this too sweet. Till the number is just back, we repping that wolf pack. The foundation shaking, no mistaking, yeah, we shook that. Trusting God, we trust, pushing forward, never look back. Meekness ain't at all weakness, some people mistook that. Stamping out this crook rap, he turning the power on, on the razor's edge, leg drop after a power bomb, tired of the lies, man, we bringing the truth through, diligent and fruitful, the owners in our group too, it's good to be king, sold out this war is brutal, we playing them war games, our army go move too, you crew, I'm in the Raptors, with a bat in my hand, and stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter, in the grand scheme, it's that easy. We tag teaming, Steiner Brothers, we love it, demand the win, establish it, sit the class to the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. And a special thank you as always, ladies and gentlemen. This week, Chris Masters uh, on the show it was uh, lots of fun. Uh, so but big thank you, big shout out. Thank you to uh, the masterpiece, Chris Masters on the show. Um, lots of uh, really cool insight that uh, Masters offered uh, for this week, and uh, awesome. So thank you, big thank you to uh, Chris Masters uh, for being on the show tonight. Really good insight, uh, really good uh, take on his, uh, you know, departure from uh, Impact Wrestling, and I think he, you know, <laughs> I think he has some really good points uh, of, of why he he left. And um, so yeah, be sure to catch the auto uh, the audio piece of the interview and of the on the beginning of the show every week um so thank you to chris masters for this week of course we are live and live in color again funky like a monkey if you will i am chris featherstone follow us at crave wrestling and join the facebook fan page crave wrestling we are also live on the wrestling inc uh, facebook um facebook live as always uh, with some trivia coming and with some fun coming as we do every single week here on the Pancakes and Power Slam show, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, after the show uh, this week, be sure to uh, catch it on the YouTube page. Thank you so much for all the YouTube uh, support, uh, for all the Facebook support, for all the Twitter support. Uh, Usually every Raw, there's a a message that I get about something uh, related to the Pancakes and Power Slam show, uh, especially when it comes to Booker T., I got some messages uh, this week on Raw because Booker T was back with Corey Graves. Uh, although it looked like it was some tension, uh, Booker T was able to step up to the plate, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, as the coach was gone, Booker T was able to fill in. You know why? I do it for you. Every single time, ladies and gentlemen. All right. <laughs> So as always, ladies and gentlemen, we got so much, so many headlines to talk about um, this week. 
Uh, you know, it's so it's so funny, Nate, because uh, the coach uh, he he was tweeting and he said he didn't know. And there was a report that said he was going to miss Raw. Uh, he didn't know about it, and then and then tweeted like, "Oh, okay, well, I guess I am missing Raw." So it was quite interesting. He is uh, scheduled to come back next week. So, uh, but you know. I think Booker T did good. I always like I like Booker T on commentary. He, he brings personality. I mean, I like Coach on commentary too, but it, it, it's really clear that he hasn't really followed uh, you know the product a whole lot. I think that's pretty evident uh, when it comes to <laughs> you know it's funny if he was there ten years and uh, it, it's per, it's pretty clear and evident that he doesn't follow uh, the product now as much as uh, as he did before. So. Uh, but as far as Booker T goes, um, you know, some people like him, some people, some people don't. I like Booker T uh, on commentary. I think he uh, brings that personality. Uh, he brings that spunk uh, to 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 the, um, you know, uh, he brings that personality and and spunk to to the commentating booth that uh, it needs. I mean, uh, I think we're getting overkill with Corey Graves. Honestly, I mean, you know, I, you have the you have the brand split, but then you get Corey Graves on Raw and SmackDown. You know, you have Michael Cole and Tom Phillips saying, "I, I want, um, I want this person on Raw or on SmackDown," and Corey's like, "Well, it doesn't matter to me because I'm on both." You know, so I'm, I, you know, somebody else could have that spot. Um, why haven't we seen? <clears throat> Why haven't we seen Cena since Mania? The Heat with Nikki. No, um, Cena's a <laughs> Cena's a part timer now. Uh, he's uh, he's going to be at the, he's going to be there Friday. He's going to be at the Greatest World Rumble. He's going he's going against uh, Triple H. So took some time off after Mania. You know, I've I've had I've had my thoughts on John Cena. John Cena. Uh, I've had my thoughts on John Cena, but uh, you know he, he's uh, he's 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 just, he's did his thing. He's been he's been in the WWE for 16 years almost, and he's been a pillar for the company. <clears throat> he's been there through and through. Uh, one of the longest standing people in the whole company. Uh, you can you know include people like Randy Orton, <laughs> John Cena. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I got a, a comment on the chat uh, doing it via <laughs> via text. Um, yes, I mean, him and Orton, you know, they, they, they're people, they're, they're pillars in the, in the company. They both started in 2002 and, uh, they've been, they've been there ever since. So got to give it up to them in that, in that sense. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we got so much to talk about the calls with the most Evan Tech proud. How is it going tonight? Good night, guys. Good to be here. On the airwaves, it's raining very hard here in Baltimore. It's all good. Mm. My right ear is clogged up back Baltimore and forth. Baltimore weather. Yeah, Baltimore weather. <laughs> it's, 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 it's inconsistent. Yes. You know, yeah. it's, like, it's like Monday Night Raw. It's inconsistent. It's rainy, <laughs> snowy, yeah, yeah. windy. Yeah, it was rain. My, my, my right yeah. ear is clogged up off and on, but it's all good. Glad, glad to be here. Absolutely. Thank you, Mr. Powell. Yep, as always. I got a comment saying, but he talked about The Rock. You know, it was funny, but because John Cena, he actually 
regret it. He actually took back those comments about The Rock that he that he had uh, when he was calling him a part timer and, and blah blah blah. He actually took back those comments uh, about a couple of years ago, a year or two ago, maybe. We got so much to talk about. Uh, just a, a, a quick show note. Um, so, bad news uh, for all the videocast fans. Uh, the show will not be on videocast next week or on YouTube. Uh, I will be going for major back surgery on Friday. So, um, show will go on. We will still have the show. Evan, Evan will uh, be at the helm. We also have some special guests. So, um, Pancakes nice. and Power Sam show, uh, 317 weeks strong. We have not missed a single week. And I've had back surgery in 2013 as well. Uh, didn't miss, didn't miss the week. Well, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't available. I think I might have been even called in. I don't even know. This is my dedication, but, uh, this surgery is <laughs> uh, more major than the one on uh, the one in 2013 was a pretty big surgery, but I'm having, um, a big, a uh, major surgery um, coming Friday for my back, and I'm really excited about it. It was, it's a long time coming. Uh, I'm so excited to Just need it. Uh, let you all, yeah, I'll let you all know my journey uh, with with this surgery, and uh, and uh, just so so stay tuned. Uh, the show will go on. There will be a pancakes and power pancakes and power stamp show next week. Uh, so keep staying tuned as far as the audio is concerned. Uh, the video cast and the YouTube will be off next week, maybe the week after, but uh, certainly next week. But uh, it, it will resume uh, in about uh, a week or two, uh, two or three weeks or so. So we'll keep you updated as far as just uh, uh, when it will be. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, best of wishes, uh, Jamie said. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, so I'm really excited about it. Um, I'm really excited to uh, get back into just my myself. Thank you, Granny. The best to you, Granny says. Um, I'm, I'm I'm so excited. I was you know I'm, I'm really big into working out, and I was a, a personal trainer for about ten years, and um, so adamant about that. And um, so with my you know I just it's funny I posted on Facebook recently um, uh, a couple of years ago, two or three years ago. I got to the point, and I've had back problems for over 20 years, but uh, it never stopped me from uh, working out hard. Although my back would feel like crap every time, I was I was pressing 820 pounds and uh, leg pressing, and I was looking at that. I was like, man, I'm so excited to get back there. My my doctor told me after that I can't do it. So. Um, but at the same time, with uh, with the surgery and with the recovery time, the physical therapy, I'm really excited to to get back strong uh, into something I love doing, which is working out. And so uh, I'll be, you know, one thing I've learned, and I'll say this now, I'll say this uh, uh, before surgery, you know, glory willing after surgery, um, one of the best forms of accountability is transparency. So. Uh, so when I, me being transparent, saying that uh, I'm excited about this and I'm excited about the journey, I'm excited about the uh, the, the intense, rigorous uh, workout regimen uh, that I'll be doing uh, to get back to to my goals, to get back to uh, uh, the shape that I <clears throat> that I want to be in. Um, 
not too far far off from it, but at the same time, you know, there's so many restrictions that I have to that I can do that there's so many restrictions that I have now because my back is uh so so bad. So so wounded. So uh come Friday and then come the, the time for recovery. Um I'm very, very excited uh for uh just a uh a leaf turned new journey and um just a, just a transformation, and I'm really excited about uh, uh, getting back to the the uh, things that I know so well of doing in the the the, um, the, the regimen that I'm so that I miss so much. I was just having a conversation with that with um, Teddy Hart, I believe, um, <clears throat> and uh, wrestler Teddy Hart, and <clears throat> he he looked at me. He's like, "Man, you look like you." Uh, uh, should be a professional wrestler. <laughs> and I said, yeah, well, I used to amateur wrestle. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I, I appreciate that compliment. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, man, I, I really want to just become intense, like super duper intense and even get to the point where I'm, um, you know, training others again. So thank you so much, uh, all for bearing that <laughs> and, and hearing that, uh, kind of, um, you know, disclaimer for the next uh, couple weeks, and uh, thank you so much for the well wishes already here in the chat room, and uh, Evan's going to take the take the reins next week. Uh, he does a fantastic yes, job he's done before, and uh, and he'll he'll do he'll do fantastic. We'll have a special guest uh, guest and or guests next week, so stay tuned for that, and uh, it's going to be fun. Can't wait. Did the Silver Riley mm-hmm. sit on the cactus chair, if you will? Or you recover if you will. Be in good, it'll be in good hands. Definitely yes, be in it good will. Hands. Yes, it will. Absolutely. Uh, one, one uh, other than just my back no longer hurting after over 20 years and being relieved from that, but one, you know, I always, always look at things optimistically. And I will be able to so that my surgery is the same day as the greatest Royal Rumble. So uh, you know, Lord willing, after surgery, I'll grab my phone or my laptop or my tablet or whatever and I'll turn on the network. I'll be in the hospital bed all day and all night <laughs> recovering. So I might as well flip on the WWE network and look at the greatest Royal Rumble. So we will have the greatest Royal Rumble predictions uh, at the close of the of the show tonight, like we do predictions every single time. Every single time there's an event, we close it out with predictions. Five of the week this week is uh, uh, both Evan and I and the chat room are going to discuss uh, some of the biggest failed pushes, some of the biggest failed pushes of the decade. So since 2010, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, I guess you could say 2011, but we'll, we'll count 2010 as well. So since 2010, uh, some of the people you can think of who's had the the most failed pushes, the biggest failed pushes uh, of the of the decade. We'll we'll talk about that. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we got an action pack show. So many headlines tonight: Raw, SmackDown review, trivia. Speaking of trivia, let's do it, ladies and gentlemen. The first trivia question on the of the night is this: What year did Kane win the WWE Championship? What year did Kane win the WWE Championship? Headlines, let's go! 
Um, before we get to the first headline, oh, good job, man. Already, RJ. Big ups. 1998. 1998. Uh, before we get to the next question, uh, Mike, you also said 1998 after RJ, so you get some uh, you get some credit for that. Uh, let's do let's do another one. What year did the Hardy Boys win their first WWE tag titles? What year did the Hardy Boys win their first WWE tag titles? Um, before we get to uh, the first headline, um, let me address this question here. What does the winner of the Greatest World Rumble get? They get a big trophy. I mean, literally, they get a big trophy. So wow. that's not very fun. Uh, yeah. That <laughs> yeah, is going to be a you know, long, I was about that. long, yeah, it was just, it, it just it, it, <laughs> five hours, five hours long, six hours long, pre-show. WrestleMania was five hours and four minutes, WrestleMania itself. Yeah. So I'm thinking this, yep. this, this pay-per-view is going to be just, just as long, if not a little longer. Yeah, schedule for five hours. Um, six hours counting the pre-show, um, but you know, for me, I'm, <laughs> it's like it's like cool for me because I'll be in the hospital <laughs> just watching the Greatest War Rumble for a third of my day. So <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, a good way to pass time. Six hours of my day watching the Greatest War Rumble. Um, I'm gonna have the time to do it, so uh, might as well. Uh, but for those who will be uh, living normal lives, uh, you know, uh, taking six hours out of your day is going to be pretty tough. You know, it's um, yeah. I, it's, yeah. it's always going to be that um, it's always going to be. I see two thousands for the Hardys. Nope, 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 nope. Not two thousand. Um, it's always going to be tough to for the WWE to try to slim down that six hour mark, that five hour mark. Uh, we got there. So doors open at uh, what, like five thirty central time in, Lu- in, in uh, yeah. Louisiana. We went to uh, WrestleMania. So we got there. Yeah. So we got there uh, before the doors open, but we got in the arena at five thirty central. And then um, the kickoff started at 6. So it went from 6 to 11.30. Yeah. Or did it go to to minute? Yeah, it was about 11.30. Yeah, five hours and four minutes, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... So this one is going to be even longer because the pay-per-view scheduled for five hours and the kickoff scheduled for one. So this is this is six hours. This is like Wrestle Kingdom. King, King, Wrestle Kingdom was six hours long, um, but the, the, I mean the the card was so stacked and, and the, the just the matches were so incredible. It, it didn't seem that long, but it was Wrestle Kingdom. It. They they yeah they have super duper long shows too. You know, people complain <laughs> yeah. about WWE, but do Japan tiny better <laughs> with the, with Wrestle Kingdom. So, uh, ninety nine, is the first year that the Hardy Boys won their tag team championships. Next question: 
What year did Lita win her first women's championship? What year did Lita win her first women's championship? Let's get to the first headline. Uh, so, unfortunately, Bruto San Martino and Paul Jones passed away. They were uh, 82 and 75, respective, respectively. Um, two pioneers of the 70s. I mean, just uh, Bruno in the 60s. I mean, he won. Um, I think that's one of my trivia questions, so I'm not going to say the answer to that. But uh, um, uh, someone saying 2001. Nope, not 2001. Uh, she beat Stephanie McMahon uh, for her first title, but um, part two. Also, yeah, rest in peace, Mrs. Bottle, who also passed away at the age of seventy-eight, I believe. Um, Former owner of uh, All Japan, yeah. Yep, yep. Um, So let's see. Uh, Let's see. No, it wasn't 97, Greeny. I think 97, Lita was still with uh, S.A. Rios, wasn't she? Or she might have been still in ECW. So, um, Let's see. I think I'm trying to figure out when Baba passed. 2004. No, Roman, not 2004. Uh, she was well into her career at that time. Uh April fourteenth. Matoko Baba, former uh all Japan president. So all right. <clears throat> yeah, so Baba, um San Martino and Paul Jones. Uh San Martino was I mean just the sixties and I mean eight years, ladies and gentlemen. Eight years. That is to me that would always be is <laughs> so incredible. Yeah, I mean losing uh, yeah, and then for the iron, oh, uh, who who broke the streak? Was it the Sheik? No, who who broke the uh, Koloff? Ivan Koloff. Ivan Koloff. Yeah. Ivan Koloff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So it was just, uh, and, and back then it was like uh, Vince Vince Sr. was real big on the heel transitional champions. You know that the, the heel would keep the belt for like two or three weeks and then they would transition into no, like the, the new face. uh baby face. Yeah. Uh so, you know, that's that's how it was with with a few people. It was like that with Ivan Koloff. It was like that with uh the Iron Sheik. Um so yeah. Uh I got a comment here. WrestleMania needs to come back to my hometown Houston again. I went I went when it was in the Astrodome, then NRG Stadium. Astrodome was seventeen, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, it was. I, yeah. Think, I think 17. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was 17. Uh, when was it in NRG? Um, oh, I'm sorry that you know the answer, uh, David, uh, who put that comment on there. Uh, when was it in NRG? Uh, I know 17 was in Astrodome, and I forgot when it was in NRG. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just <clears throat> Billy Grant. I, uh, um, so, We'll talk about that in a little bit, but uh, Bruno San Martino, just, uh, I mean, the, uh, 25. Okay, thank you. Yeah, 25 was in uh, NRG. Um, that was the triple threat with uh, Cena, Edge, and Show, right? I think it was, yeah, it was Reliant yeah, Stadium, yeah. 
Um, that was for the world title, I think, the triple threat. And then the WWE yeah, Championship was Orton, triple, Orton triple, H, triple H, right? H. Yeah, it was about yep. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, I mean just uh there's, I mean, there's so much to say with Sam Martino. I, re- I mean, it really is. It's just, uh, uh, just, he just, just uh, the. He was a man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just the, the the baby face. I mean, he was just the quintessential baby face. He was the the, the he was the prince of MSG. I mean, like just the Madison Square Garden. I mean, he really made this this really put WWE on the map when it comes to selling out uh, MSG. And, you know, he was was really that type of guy. And, of course, you know, he was before my time as far as just the the, the heyday of his career. Um, But I was able to catch him on the tail end of his career and his commentating. The commentating. I looked at a ton ton of tapes and videos. Yeah, so... um, you know, I, and, and, and it's so funny. And of course, uh, Larry Zabisco uh, back in 1980, the, the the big infamous heel turn. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I got a comment here saying "perfect immigrant story." I agree. I, I listened to his uh, table for three, and it was it was really awesome. Uh, just how he told his story, and I've I've heard interviews before too. And I, of course, I <clears throat> looked at the Hall of Fame, and yeah. Just a perfect story that he shared as far as just um <clears throat> alluding Nazis and things like that. Um it was it was awesome and just to be able to still have that much drive, uh gotta come in there and never be another Bruno. I agree. Um to have that much drive and, and determination to say, Listen, I'm gonna make good. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do Despite all the hurdles that are in my way, I'm going to do right. I'm going to do good for my family, and I'm going to be driven, and I'm going to have, you know, my dreams are going to uh, to overshadow my circumstances. Uh, so, yeah, kudos to Bruno. Uh, just uh, just such a such an amazing baby face. Really had an opportunity. He, he really had that magnetic ability to draw crowds to see him. You know, to to be able to uh, overcome the, the the latest foe. You know, he was he was. You know, he reminded me of uh, he, he paved the way for Hulk Hogan as far as like you know when Hogan was was they big did. in the mid eighties to the early nineties. You know that like that that five six year period that Hogan was big. You know, it was like you would put heel after heel after heel his way, and Hogan drew so much because there were all these heels that were trying to get in his way and he was able to uh, overcome uh, the heelish tactics, the next heel that came, you know, no matter if it yeah. was uh, the undertaker or, or uh, big John or Andre. Yeah. King right. Kong Bundy, you know, no matter who it was earthquake, uh, you know, you would have all these heels that would come and, you know, he would be able to try them from it. Bruno was like that in the 60s and the 70s and, you know, was able to triumph the next heel that came his way, especially the 60s. Um, 
He he won it again. I, be, I believe he beat. Uh, well, wait. I think that was one of my questions. I was going to say an answer to one of my questions. Matter of fact, uh, the Lita uh, is two thousand. That's the answer to Lita. Um, let me see. Let's do this. I'm going to ask this question because I was going to say the answer. Here's the next. Here's the here's trivia question. What two people did Bruno San Martino beat? To commence his WWE championship reigns. There you go. Question on deck. What two people did Bruno San Martino beat to commence his WWE championship reigns? So um, that's the question. I'm not going to say the answer here. <laughs> but uh, he had a short reign um, in 1973. I'm not going to say who he beat because that will be a part of the answer. Um, but his first reign was uh, was eight years. So. Uh, 1963 was, I believe, his first uh, WWE Championship victory. So just, well, he was the the king of the 1960s, and it's sad because uh, him and Vince. Uh, I was looking at uh, back in I believe 93 uh, or 91. It was in the early 90s when they were on the Larry King Live uh, show. And Bruno was uh, very anti-Vince because, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty yeah, evident like, that uh, there was a lot of things going on in the '80s, and uh, that was kind of revealed in the early '90s right. as far as, uh, you know, um, reports from, uh, you know, Pat Patterson and um, <clears throat> uh, Terry Garvin and Mel Phillips. Um, that uh, was very nasty. <laughs> so those are the, there was a lot of reports that, uh, you know, a lot of ring crew people and uh, just read up on it. <laughs> I'll let you read up on it as far as just those, those names were uh, enticing people allegedly uh, and uh, just really scum of the earth uh, type of accusations. So read up on that. Um, and yeah, so it's evident that in the early '90s, stuff like that stuff was coming out, uh, was being exposed. Um, and Vince McMahon, you know, really sp- spent his time um, defending that in the early '90s. And Bruno was an advocate of uh, uh, of defending those 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 uh, those victims. And uh, I was looking at a show with when he was with uh, Larry King Live, and it was Bruno and Vince. They were just going at it. I mean, they were just arguing, and and uh, it was it was pretty brutal. And um, that relationship, uh, people, a lot of people don't know this. That relationship, that thing, that I mean, that that rift that Bruno had with Vince was because uh, was mainly because of that. Um, that was a that was a huge portion of it. Bruno didn't just didn't like the direction of WWE, <clears throat> didn't like the fact that uh, he would hear things uh, from people from personnel that weren't as popular backstage, and uh, <clears throat> he would he would defend them. Uh, Vince would uh, he he would reject the claims, and then Bruno, it would it upset Bruno substantially, and that caused a rift between him and WWE for quite some time. Triple H was the person that, that uh, closed that bridge, and uh, he, you know, he was in the D- WWE Hall of Fame a few years back. Um, great speech, and uh, you know, he was able to 
affair to Hatchet with, with Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon had nothing but good things to say about him, you know, uh, recently and, and, and had a really good tweet, of, uh, a very honorable tweet uh, during his death. So it was, it was good that they were able to bridge that gap. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Bruno, and as far as Paul Jones is concerned, I remember Paul Jones from back in the mid-Atlantic oh, yeah. days, NWA. back in the 80s. That's right, man. Paul Jones Army. And uh, I remember, yeah. And, and I remember when, when I started watching NWA, um, Manny Fernandez was a, was a baby face and he started (laughs) teaming up with, um, yep. He started teaming up with Rick Rude and they were part of Paul Jones army. Um, I, I forgot their name. Two, I forgot what their name was. Um, it was like two tones or two, two. Oh man, I forgot what their name was. Uh, two, two tone, two tones, or I don't remember what it was. Uh, too tough, something like that. Uh, I, I'll maybe I can find it. Um, it is going to bother me until I figure it out, but. <laughs> Uh, but they teamed up and um, part of Paul Jones' army. And I remember it's funny because the Boogie Woogie Man. Um, uh, Boogie Woogie. Yeah, the bo- the bo- awesome twosome. Yes, that's what their name was. <laughs> the awesome twosome. That was their name. That's um, my man, Chester Watley. Yes. Yes, Shasta Watley, absolutely. Um, and so, so the funny thing was that's when I started uh, really getting into uh, wrestling at the time, the NWA. And Paul Jones was the biggest; it was a huge villain at the time. Uh, the the boogie woogie man, uh, uh, Valiant Jimmy Valiant. You know, he would come with his, uh, you know, referee striped pants on <laughs> and uh, do his little Whatever boogie woogie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, he had this huge feud with Paul Jones. So he would have oh, people. Uh, yeah, right. And so he would have, uh, so he created this Paul Jones army to feud with Jimmy Valiant and his boys. And he would put, I remember this, this this was just textbook heel storytelling. It was amazing. And Paul Jones, he would have, he would put bounties uh, on the head of Jimmy Valiant. And Valiant's boy would turn on him (laughs) and join Paul Jones. It was amazing. Manny Fernandez turned on him. Yep. Pistol Pairs yep. Wiley turned on him. Pairs Wiley, yep. Uh, <laughs> and then yeah. the only one that didn't turn on him was like, was it Hector? Was it Hector Guerrero he had? Yep, Hector Guerrero stayed with him. Yeah, yeah, yep. Hector <laughs> and a few others. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I would say with Paul Jones, um, probably one of, the, one of the most underrated managers and wrestlers in the business. <clears throat> and I mm-hmm. gave him a shout out earlier tonight on my show, and you know, since, uh, you know we have listeners of all ages, so when a younger fan was a show who he was, about 25, 26. Yep. So when I told him, I said, Remember Lord Stephen Regal? He was like, Yeah, yeah. 
So remember the Earl of Eaton and Squad Dave Taylor? So remember that manager, Sir William? He was like, yeah, I said, that's Paul Jones. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, you know, me growing up was the NWA. But the funny thing is when he was Sir William, I didn't realize it was Paul Jones. I had no idea. Sir so William, William, I thought it was uh, Dundee. Nah, Sir William was Paul Jones. Um, was it? Yeah. Uh, uh, I interviewed Dundee on my show. <coughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Rizzo Dundee. I'm sorry. You're right. I got it mixed up. Yep. Rizzo Dundee, because mm-hmm. he used to look alike. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. My my apologies, fans. My bad. Um, but you know, Paul Jones, their army. I just remember him and uh, uh, what's what's the other manager? Um, Featherstone. Uh, Scandal Edbar. Yes. Them two <laughs> managers. For some reason, yeah, they're just so right. overlooked. You know, Scandal Akbar and, and, and the original um, Legion of Doom. Yes. Right that's when uh, that's when uh, that's when Jake Roberts was a part of it. Jake Roberts was from right. Was it King Kong Bundy as well? I believe. Was, Bundy um, was as well. So you I, I, got I, I got twenty-one. I give you twenty-two. You use that as a sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is the only yes, time we had packets. That is the only time we had packets of power plans would be a snippet of, of endorsing any kind of uh, yes. <laughs> any kind of behavior from uh, beverages. Right. Uh, yeah, but right. Paul Jones is great. Yeah, you know, uh, Paul Jones and scared our eight balls. The kid watching them was just something about them was just menacing. It wasn't flashy. That it seemed like real, mm-hmm. like real people that could just, they just remind me of cartoon characters. Not like WWE, but just like real legit people. They could really sick their army against you and beat you up. But, um, yeah. Talk to Paul Jones, man. He doesn't, he just, he's not, I don't know, if, I don't remember WWE doing anything or mentioning him, but they definitely should do like a, a table for three or. They should do a table for three yeah. and do some kind of memorial for Paul Jones. I'm sure the Triple H is, yeah. you know, the students of the game to know who he is. And, and but Paul Jones, man, he, he he was great. You know, I, I don't use that term loosely in the business. There's a lot of good people, but and he never smiled. I never, never, never once have seen Paul Jones smile. Hmm. He, I mean, that's, you know, he was, he was a heel. You know, he was, and it's funny because in the 70s, he was a, a very believable babyface for a while too. He, he teamed with uh, Ricky Steamboat and uh, teamed with uh, Wahoo McDaniel. And yeah, he was he was the man in the seventies as well. But his heel turns were just—I mean, you know—long gone are the days of just really shocking, menacing, just grimy heel turns. You know, and I think that that was I loved heel turns back in the day. You know, just it was it was so incredible. It was so shocking. It was so much realness to it. Like, you know, you were someone I looked up to, 
no, why? You know, it just it was to me it was just amazing when um when Dusty Rhodes went to the dark side and became the Midnight Rider. You know, uh, he was under the mask, but uh, it was pretty evident that it was Dusty. And I was like, oh man, what is going on? You know, and it just I remember when Garvin turned heel. You know, I was devastated. Um, because, you know, back in 87, he was shooting against Flair, and he had that run. And then when he turned, I was like, oh, my goodness. When when Wyndham turned, it was a big deal to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And uh, there was, I mean, just the turns were just so amazing back then, man. It was it was, it was, was incredible. <clears throat> I really miss those type of uh, heel turns. Uh, and WWE, the WWE had me, well... Savage was a good turn back in the eighties. Trying to figure out who Andre was a good turn. What's going with Heenan? I I I tell you one that 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 got me as a kid was uh, Rick Martel trading on Tito Santana. Yes, Strike Force. Yeah, Strike Force. (laughs) Oh man, the best for the model. Yeah, became Attitude. Yes, I remember that. Absolutely. Um, speaking of the really 70s, superstar one. Billy Graham. Go, yeah, go Tatanka. ahead. Don't forget the, the, the infamous yeah. Tatanka. Join the Million Dollar <laughs> Corporation. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work for him, though. Like, his heel run was a disaster to me. The the whole uh, undefeated streak and, and, and everything, uh-huh. and when he... You know, when Ludwig Borger basically just, you know, <laughs> buried him. Um, and then when he turned heel, it just to me, it was just, he he was trying a little bit too much, you know, when he was, when he joined the Million Dollar Corporation. And this, it just didn't really fit. You got some type of um, good good guy uh, in, uh, you know, Native American, you know, character. Joining, you know, doing it for the money now. Joining DiBiase's uh, Million Dollar Corporation, <clears throat> just you know, and that, that's that's kind of the the unfortunate thing about joining groups like that. You know, as a singles competitor, you join a faction that's a heel faction. Uh, oh yeah, James, <clears throat> how could we miss that? Shawn Michaels' turn on Marty Jannetty was one of the greatest of all time. Absolutely. Barbershop. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, Tugboat, yeah, that's a good one, too. When Tugboat turned, yep, that was a good one, too. Um, I'm sure there's more, but those, those are good ones. Uh, yeah, that was a good one, Jamie. Um, so, yeah, so it, it, it turns were fantastic. Speaking of uh, of heels, of someone, a good heel, uh, superstar Billy Graham. Uh, he is, uh, not only was he a good, he's a good, not only was he a good heel then, he's, he's still healing it up. Uh, this guy had some very choice words to say about uh, Ronda Rousey um, and, and and her um, <laughs> Ronda Rousey and her uh, time in the WWE so far. And there, I mean, there was there was plan there were plans that uh, Triple H might have. So, so this is according to. Meltzer. Uh, there were some discussions that uh, Triple H was going to be the one. So, the, you know, uh, like I said before on the show, 
the point of the mixed tag match was to put Rousey over. I think it, I think it did a fantastic job. I think she did fantastic um, getting over, and, and, and it, it did its job 100%. Um, but they wanted to even there was there was conversations of there was discussions of even taking it up a notch and having uh, Triple H be the person that tapped uh, to Ronda Rousey instead of Stephanie McMahon. And so Bill Graham, he went to Facebook and he just, he went ape crap crazy. Uh, (laughs) And, and, and yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. Um, He says, um, so I'm going to, I'm going to hurry. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hurly, uh, say what he said. He said, first off, to the fan who wrote, I find Rondi, Ronda's use of Piper's gimmick nauseating. Well, first of all, he 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 named it Ronda. He titled this rant, Alzi versus Triple H. Um, so about the person who finds Piper, Piper's gimmicks, use of Piper's gimmick nauseating. He said, you, my brother, are dead on, my man. I find it a total insult and absolutely reveals that she does not have an original thought in her head. Uh, darn, but he said the D word. Uh, can't she be an original at anything? This shows you how shallow she is. And by the way, I'm a fan of females being the main event. She follow, uh, and I talked about um, uh, Amanda Nunez kicking her butt in 48 seconds and not, uh, and calling Nunez a real fighter versus Rousey a, a real jobber, which is crazy. And then um, he says um, about the Meltzer thing uh, that I just said. He said, what? Uh, Miss Lousy was going to make H-Tap out. This would have received as well as a cement truck full of pig crap with the S word being dumped on the Mania 34 fans. God, folks, what is the WWE thinking? Rousey is not a god of some kind, but a mere female times UFC UFC failure that got her A kicked twice on the way out. Now, this is nauseating. I demand that you fans respond to this crap that WWE is trying to lay on you by even thinking about her making Triple H tap out. God, this makes me sick. All right. <laughs> wow. um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think that uh, he, he didn't uh, he didn't win bingo that day. Uh, what was that? What was that marked? That was marked. Um, uh, I don't know the actual day of that. I can try to find out, but it was about a week ago. And uh, just wow, <laughs> just I, I don't understand. April sixteenth, so uh, nine days ago. Um, I don't understand the um, I don't understand the the, the hate. Really, uh, it just—I think that Rousey's transitioned fantastically, you know, uh, into the WWE, and it just—you know—she has, she's a, she's a, 
fresher Brock Lesnar to me. Brock Lesnar came back in 2012. It was fresh. It was it was needed. It was that. And I've always said this. I've said this plenty of times. People crap on part timers as much as they want, but it's the part timers that makes. I mean, we saw with the ratings uh, on Raw. It was a huge drop from the first hour to the third hour, and it, the first hour was was um, had Lesnar in it, and so it was one of those things that you can crap on the part timers as much as you want, but the part timers, the Lesners, the Takers, those are the ones that are drawing. Those are the ones that are you know uh, making WWE have stronger pitches to. Uh, the, the, the companies as far as television deals because that's what the WWE looks at. I mean, people, you know, WrestleMania every year is is good to look forward to as far as a a, a one night gate, but the real investment is the TV deals. That's the reason why they're you know there's well, some course. speculation that uh, they're 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 trying to get with Fox that their deal with USA ends uh, ends uh, next fall fall of 2019 and. The Fox deal, you know, there was uh, now the up the ante uh, ESPN's partnering with uh, Fox to um, get the the UFC deal back on, and and, and WWE's uh, met with Fox, you know, last year, late last year, um, to to be to to possibly go to the network. So TV deals is where it's at. So drawing those ratings and drawing those numbers, that's what the WWE looks at. And unfortunately, I mean, you can say what you want, but the numbers don't lie. You know, the 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 people who are there every week. You know, the as much as I like Seth Rollins, Rollins is. I said that he's getting a Tyler Black style um, uh, feel to him again. I really liked when it was Tyler Black and ROH, and Rollins is. And, and Rollins is one of my top five. Current yeah. superstars on Raw now. I'm, big fan, I, I'm a big fan of Seth Rollins again, you know, and I and, and I like and it's 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 great to feel that way because if people listen to the show, you know, from when he when he turned heel and came, I just wasn't I just wasn't a fan, unfortunately. But now I'm I'm a fan of Seth Rollins. He's one of my he's one of my favorites. But unfortunately, Seth Rollins is not going to draw. A, he's not going to boost ratings. He he's not, unfortunately. And people like Ronda Rousey, they will. Like it, it was a whole. We'll get to Raw, but it was a whole different type of feel when you had ten women in the 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 main event. It was it was a whole different feel when Ronda Rousey came out and uh, and tackled and got a S, and put uh, Mickey James in the STO. It, uh, it was a whole different feel to that. I mean, compared to all the ten women that, that were in the ring, Ronda Rousey came out and it was an entirely different feel to it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think Ronda Rousey looks like a garbage pal cake to me a little bit. Nothing against her. Sometimes she kind of like a woman of cabbage patch dolls. But she has that smug look. Yeah. She's trying to make that like her trademark. Don't <laughs> her face. It's, yeah. You can... You, you can crack one all the time as they make the money. The Shawn Michaels, you can't really count yep. Triple H in his corporate. But he, okay, I, I, I'll count your boys. The, the Shawn Michaels, the Triple H's, the Stings, 
the Undertakers, the Stone Colds, the Brock Lesnar's. That's where the money's at. People will pay the Rocks, Hogan. They're going to pay to see these legendary names. Flair, because mm-hmm. nobody in the current roster right now really can sell anything out or make anything right now unless you're Roman Reigns. And, that's, and, and yeah. after Roman Reigns, yeah. AJ Styles. But even after that, you still got to have somebody see, to work with. And I've said, yeah, and I've said that, and I said that, I think it was last week or the week after. I mean, just, oh, I, I, I love AJ Styles. I love AJ Styles. AJ is the man. He is one of the greatest wrestlers in the entire world, hands down. I will make that disclaimer. But AJ Styles as WWE champion is not no. exciting. Or does it fit the mode? It's not. He doesn't. He doesn't fit it's the mode. It's not exciting. He's just. He's just he's a. Been, he's been champ. He, he's been champ almost six months, and oh, about five and a half months, and his run has been. I mean, and it's it has nothing to do with him in the ring because he's incredible in the ring. Um, still, you know, his music is still captivating. His, you know, still gets AJ Styles chance, not as much as he used to though. Um, but he, I mean, fans still like him. Merch is still high. I mean, so all, and he's, he's dotting every I and crossing every T and all the, you know, just about all the check marks are, are, all the boxes are checked, but it's, we see him every week. He doesn't. They don't protect his character because he loses non-title matches. Uh, he gets. He's. He continues to get. Yeah, he continues to get one-upped. You know, every week. So it's like, how is he different from anyone else? You know, and, and James is making a good comment here. WWE's having trouble making the next big superstar like Stone Cold. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with Austin. Austin. You know, he he would overcome he would overcome Vince, but he would still make Vince look like an idiot every week. You know, like he he would come out, he would cut a promo, uh, he would stun Vince, he would stun someone else. Like like Vince would he, Vince would rarely get a win on on, uh, on Austin, but he would but, put people in Austin's way to try to you know. Uh, uh, um, try to one up him, but Austin was still like Austin didn't lose much, you know. Like he, he just was he he just he wasn't he wasn't that person who jobbed out to someone just randomly, right. you know, or, or, or right. every week. I mean, he would be on he would he would be on TV every week, but he just wouldn't be in some random match job, you know, right. getting jobbed out by somebody. Right, and to that point with Vince, this was a equal heel mm-hmm. because as often being as hot as he was he still had to deal with Vince and the corporation right and Vince at times did get the upper hand on Austin or even though Austin may won a match it was still like a one up Vince would one up him and say you won but you got to no. deal with this now it was like this that exactly. other. and to your point with AJ Styles and I'm but it was still it would, yeah, it would still make awesome because he would get the exactly. win, but he would get like or or Vince McMahon would try to one up him still. Exactly. So it's it's the same thing even with the you know with Bischoff and WCW the NWO was 
Yeah. Hogan yeah. barely lost, and you barely got your hands on Hogan. Because <laughs> you had to go through Hall and Nash and Six and Big Show and right. BK Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Boy, with that. But you get what I mean? <laughs> you had to go through Hall and Nash <laughs> and Big Show. Or, Ho- and, or Horace. <laughs> or Horace Hogan or Virgil, you know, or the Nasty Boys. <laughs> Or Chono, which, which I hate to mention. Or Stevie Kamura. Ray. Or Stevie Ray. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm good friends with Stevie Ray. That's my man. So he, the Slap Jack. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't. You he know. Didn't, he didn't. He shouldn't have been in no NWO. Uh, <laughs> just, he, just, it, 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 with with me, with me knowing Stevie outside of the business, of the, you know, we didn't type for the fashion year. Stevie wanted them cats. Look. I'm doing what I got to do, and I'm going home. Oh, <laughs> certainly. Yeah, I would accept the offer, too. I mean, there's, uh, I would, you know, I'm not saying he shouldn't accept the offer as a business person. Absolutely. I mean, NWO's the hottest thing going on right now. You're asking me to be a part of it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. But he was credit from he brought the slat jack. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that was a lot of times that was during his uh, feud with with Booker T, though. And uh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, it just yeah, it just and didn't Booker work out. It was like at that point, at that point, the NWO was so diluted yeah, that the was, power yeah. of it just not even relevant anymore. You know, I, I, I had Bishop on my show and we talked about that. So, yeah. But uh, what about um, with with the hills? You know, Austin had the hill, and then you, anybody on top. Rain, you know, besides Cena being part time, right now Reigns, and I'll, I'll talk about Raw later on, Reigns is the top. He's the one carrying the WWE proverbial flag. Which you don't, yeah. one, is messed up because you want Reigns to be a face, but people are booing him like a hill. You want Brock to be a hill. They're cheering him as a face. Brock's part time. So if Brock isn't there, which he's not every week, there's no formidable foe. And there's really no heel, legit heel in WWE right now. The only legit heel was the man. No. That's it. Baron Corbin, but he's not over yet. So. Right, yeah, Baron no. Corbin is still in need. <laughs> and, and so they call the. And uh, to the call, to the um, to the listener that, that said a good point about making homegrown talent is, I mean, you said, well, this is why Featherstone off air, even on my show a lot, is within the past 10 to 15 years, you can use, not even use two hands of how many homegrown talent WWE has had. There's the last homegrown talent WWE has had that's been successful. You have Cena, you have yeah. Orton, you have Batista, you have Brock. Who will be missing? That's four. Edge. Well, he they wouldn't even well he wasn't even homegrown because he was in WCW beforehand. Uh, yeah, yeah. Edge doesn't count. No. Because Edge is so still he he. Who? Cena, Batista, Orton, Rock. That's real. That's it. <laughs> that's I mean, cause that's, I mean, that, that's sad. Within the past sixteen, yeah. Within the past sixteen to seventeen years, Cena's yeah. been there. Cena Orton's been there for sixteen, seventeen years. Within the past sixteen to seventeen years, 
you only can come up with four or five homegrown talent that's actually box office draws. Mm-hmm. Batista, Brock, Orton, wow. Cena. Well, you think that's four. Who are we missing? Yeah, Orton, Brock, Cena, Batista. That's four. Yeah, the class of the class of 2002. Yeah. And Edge technically doesn't count because yeah. he came in the 90s, and that was kind of the down period of the territories. So people like Edge, Christian, right. the Hardys, Jericho, with Jericho don't count because he's older than him, Edge and Christian is kind of like the down years of the territories. Mm-hmm. So out of 17 wow. years, you only had four homegrown stars. So that's the problem right now. There's no heel in WWE that can really help push Roman Reigns. Yeah. You got the Miz. That's yeah. it. Elias is a heel. I got to cheer him. Yeah, he's he's doing a good job trying to yeah, yeah, that, I love you know staying heel, which I love. I love I love when heels stay heels and don't embrace and don't embrace babyface reactions. I love that. Like, you know what? You know who's doing a really good job with that? Carmella. Carmella, big shout out to Carmella. Yeah. So I think yeah. Carmella's doing a really good job at that. Just she keeping is. that because it's so easy. These these fans, these these daggone fans are so easy. You know, Mark Henry, <laughs> I, I, I've, uh, <laughs> I, I covered a, a live interview at WrestleMania. Uh, Mark Henry was uh, part of a live interview that I was I was there in the building doing coverage. And Mark Henry said the same thing. He said it publicly as well, but he said this at the interview. He said, man, these fans are too easy. Like, he always, he says, he said that multiple times. I agree with him so much on that. I mean, these fans, literally, they it's so true. These fans are too easy. Because it's like, anybody can say anything, and you'll cheer them, and then the next line, you're boom. It's like, you literally got so like you have these fans at the palm of your hands by the next line, and it's like, man, whatever happened to the days where a heel would be work. so? I mean, and some of the heels, you know, some of the heels are just like, you know, yeah, I'm getting cheer, I'm gonna embrace it. No, that's that's ridiculous. That doesn't make you a heel. And I remember back in the day, I remember when I when I interviewed Jake Roberts, you know, he was talking about people would threaten him. Threaten his life. You know, there'll be times that he would have to come out with with security. You know that because you know he was he was such a good heel. He would. There were times where he would come out and his tires were slashed. Like it was yeah. serious. It was serious you had stuff. To get, you had, if you were a heel back you had then, to get rushed. you were a heel. Yeah. You know, you were a hater. It wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, like kayfabe was a big deal. Like you were, like people thought that you were a, a a legitimate bad guy who hated the world, and you came out, you came outside, and that rental car that you're driving, say bye bye to the tires. So here, uh, he, 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 here, uh, here, here in the hotbed of NWA country, WCW, Baltimore, Maryland, sorry Ohio, I love you though. Um. The hey, hey, we got. Hey, we no. Wait a minute. We got some. We had some. We had some, yeah, yeah, yeah. some early WWE. Like what? The first Survivor Series was in a uh, Rich Richfield, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, I think it was in Ohio. 
Yeah, I think it was in Ohio. Oh, I, no, first I, Survivor no, Series. I love Ohio. I'm in Ohio we get two times every year. But as far as the territory, the NWA WCW was here, Baltimore, Maryland. There's a book dedicated. I gotta put my city over because we don't get pop. We don't get positive news much. You know that. Um, <laughs> in Baltimore, uh, Maryland, Richfield, Rich Ohio, November 26, 1987, Richfield, Ohio, Survivor Series, uh, so and they he, would have he, a lot of things. But they would have like when they would have the Great American Bass tours, they would have they would have them in Dayton. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Ohio, Ohio is important, mm-hmm. but doing yep. the territory, the, the, well, the yeah, hot Baltimore is. Yeah, yeah Baltimore, North Carolina, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. There, there was the hot bed, and the reason why I say that because Ohio is important too. But here with the horsemen in the eighties, you, you hated yeah. it. Uh, it's quoted Battle. You can look it up. It's called Battleground Baltimore. A great book. I'm friends with the author. I'm quoted in it. I have uh, some of my programs and pictures in it. The horse. I'm the singing fans literally try to go over the guardrail to grab mm-hmm. to grab the horse and to whoever the Russians. You know, late Nikita. You know, Ivan and Nikita. People literally thought Nikita was a Russian. Oh, he actually spoke Russian. Right. <laughs> exactly. The Midnight Express. <laughs> and it was it was legit. And this is when we used to be able to sit and, and any any fans that's listening now that, that even if you're younger and don't know or if you're older and don't remember, we got to sit close to the ring. It wasn't all that space like mm-hmm. it is now. Literally the guardrail was right near the apron. And it was an actual rail. Right, and it was an actual rail. Right, actual metal rail. So, fans literally wanted to kill Flair and the horsemen and the Russians. You thought Nikita was anybody that was a heel, Cornette, Gary Hart. You wanted to go after them, even after the show. Oh, oh, yeah. Can I get your autograph? I'd say it's probably the Unified Stone, but I was... Bar 25, we stayed at the same hotel as WWE. Me and Elias was on the same floor, two doors down. Great guy. Times change. He's a hell. We was on the elevator together. Great guy. We talking and laughing. Fans dressing up like him. He's got an autograph. He didn't do that in the 80s. No. <laughs> he didn't do that in the 90s. Oh, no. You want to go with him. You, and, and, and if you uh, didn't uh, ask for autographs, they would save you. <laughs> yeah, sure would. I, I would sit under the learning tree of Bobby Fulton a lot. I've talked to him plenty of times. I've had him on the show before, but I've talked to him. Yeah, I've talked on the phone with him a bunch of times. And just sitting under the learning tree from, you know, for someone like him, he you know, he he would tell me how, um, you know, just how it was, you know, back. And I've seen it. I saw it, you know. I started watching wrestling in the 80s. And even, you know, before then in the seventies, you know, it was it was for real. I mean, they had different locker rooms, they had different entrances, they couldn't be around each other. I remember Ricky Steamboat saying this before, like he couldn't be around you know, he was good friends with Flair, but he couldn't be seen with Flair. You know, like everything had to be private, you know, what I mean, like just <laughs> it's like that's wrestling, man. I mean, that's it's it's a whole different thing with social media nowadays. But the the, the element of baby faces and heels can still stay the same. 
Um, here's the answer to the uh, Bruno San Martino question. Buddy Rogers, 1963. And then 10 years later, uh, two years after he lost the title, he regained it from Stan Stasiak, 1973. Um, someone saying Bobby Roode should have stayed heel. See, that, that, see, here's the thing with Roode. I, I'm okay with Bobby Roode being a babyface uh, if if he stays with the glorious thing. Because this is one thing I don't like. If a if a if a heel turns into a babyface and keeps the same stuff that you know that, that they're just cheering them now because they're a heel and people like to cheer heels. Um, mm, I don't, I don't, I don't like that because there's no point. It's, you're just turning the person with the same. You're, you're turning person heel, but they're getting cheered. So that that, that doesn't make sense. Kudos to what they did with Shinsuke because, uh, and Corey, and you know, I I, I, I didn't say the best thing about Corey earlier in the day. Corey did, you know, he did have a good explanation of. He said. This happened on SmackDown. He said uh, the reason why Shinsuke Nakamura changed his music is because he was tired of the people singing along with him. I'm like, yes, that is that is heel. That that is a heel being a heel, saying I'm gonna change. You know what? I don't want I don't want you all to cheer my. I don't want you all to sing along with my entrance music no more. I don't. I don't want to do that. I want need to face, you know. <laughs> and, and 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 that's what makes Shinsuke Nakamura a great heel, and he's been doing fantastic. He was really good in New Japan, so it doesn't surprise me at all that he's been really good. And that's what makes a heel a heel. Like he got to the point where not only am I, not only am I going to change my character. I'm going I'm to turn heel, but I'm not going to do the. I'm not going to do a whole lot of dancing anymore. I'm not going to go to the crowd. I'm not going to do the, the 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 pose that he does when he gets into the ring. You know, draping over the the rope. You know, none of that. None of it. And I'm going to change my music to make me even a more of a heel because I don't want any crowd participation. Absolutely. See those little things. See, it, it, when people say the WWE doesn't have it anymore, I, I disagree with that. I don't think WWE is putting the effort in it uh, with just faces and heels. But if they want to, if they they have the ability to do something like that, which we just saw with Nakamura, they they to, to make him a stronger heel. And I think that they've been doing a, a great job with him so far. Uh, Camping World Stadium. We were at Camping World Stadium last uh, last year. They're petitioning to bring back WrestleMania in, uh, to Orlando. They're actually having a, a petition, <laughs> so it brought in a lot, a lot of money. Uh, it doesn't surprise me one bit. Um, I think I might have enjoyed. See, I was at I was at Orlando and New Orleans. Uh, I think I might enjoy New Orleans better, but I think I enjoyed Orlando's stadium and WrestleMania better. Yeah, I agree with that. 
<laughs> yeah, I think I, I enjoyed Orlando better. A little better than mm-hmm. uh, New Orleans. The city of New Orleans, yeah. of course, over Orlando. But the actual yeah. venue, I put Orlando. And I know you was in that Dallas. Dallas was great, too. So I would say Orlando, Dallas, and then New Orleans. So, you know. How was the reception in Dallas? Dallas is domed too, but it has the detachable roof, though, doesn't it? It does. Mm. Um, was the roof was the roof uh, up or or was it down? I'm trying to remember. In Dallas. I think they closed it. Yeah, I think they closed it. When it started getting late, they ended up closing. It was open when the show started, and as it started getting gotcha. late, they closed it. That WrestleMania, okay. that WrestleMania felt like literally ten hours. Uh, for really? some reason, that that mania <laughs> in Dallas, and I'll go back after the show. Or if um, anything, uh, anybody listening in, um, could you let us know the duration of WrestleMania twenty? Was that? I'm sorry, WrestleMania thirty two. Let us know the duration of that, please. Yeah. Because WrestleMania <laughs> this year, we were at well, five hours and four minutes. That WrestleMania Dallas mm-hmm. literally allowed to not felt like 10 hours. Had a good time. 30, 33 was long, too. I think it was longer than 32, uh, 34 was. Because it was close to midnight by the time we got out there after they did the whole ceremony with That's Taker. After it That's a good night. point. Ooh. And, and then, and then not to mention... Not to mention, we waited two hours just to get food from uh, what was it Burger King and Wendy's? After uh, <laughs> that was fun. No, it wasn't McDonald's. Yeah. I think it was Burger King. I think for Wendy's. Uh, no, no, it was we. It was originally McDonald's, and the line was too so long. I think we went to Wendy's. Yeah, yeah. Wendy's, um, yeah, two hours. But I thought you. I saw your experiment that you did uh, 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 the post about the uh, chicken sandwich. About the chicken? Yes. Anybody listening that wants to know very quickly, I purchased the Mc Mc Chicken from McDonald's on March the third, two thousand and seventeen. Said that correctly, two thousand seventeen, March the third. That was on I forgot what day of the week, and I currently still have it today, being April the twenty fourth. Technically now April 25th, 2018. I have it posted on my personal Facebook. It looks exactly the same. It's just rock hard. The no mold, no no mold, no smell, no anything. It's just rock hard. The lettuce doesn't mold. The chicken patty looks the same. The bread still looks the same. So what are we eating when we digest the McDonald's? I have not such McDonald's in mind. A whole lot of a whole lot of preservatives. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what we're eating. Yes. Wow. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, Taz. Taz not happy with the use of Bobby Lashley. Um, We'll get to that when we get to Raw as far as Lashley is concerned. Uh, Greatest World Rumble. We'll get to the predictions here soon. Uh, But the Greatest World Rumble, the the ticket and seating issues. So WWE is looking to... um, Fill up the stadium. The stadium seats sixty-two thousand, I believe. Now, with the construction, it'll probably be less. Probably be around, I'd say, probably 
58 or so, 57, um, probably, you know, mid-50, mid to high 50s as far. So you're still looking between 55 to 58,000 uh, seats filled. Uh, so it's going to be big. They, they they haven't even sold out. This is the the, the um, King Abdullah Sports, I believe, arena. And uh, so they had big soccer, you know, big soccer games and everything like that. So they haven't even sold out a soccer game. So WWE is looking to, to sell this thing out. So they're selling tickets between like $3 and, and, and five and uh, like three and two and some change and five and some change. So they, uh, I mean, converted to, you know, us currency. Uh, so they're really serious about filling these uh, seats up. However, uh, because of like the culture in Saudi Arabia, they, they're real big on um, just a family look, a family image. Um, and so single woman can't, there's no such thing as a, sing, a single female ticket. Uh, the single male, the, the, the bachelor male uh, seats or like on the outskirts, um, away from the the center, the 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 the, the four seats are reserved for the president uh, and his colleagues and celebrities, so, and then the seats after that are uh, family only seats. So you have to have it has to be a male and it has to be a a female has to be included in these family seats, and of course you know, their children. So they're real big on that. Uh, because of that, the, 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 and then the bachelor seats sold out. Uh, there, there could be some reopening. Uh, Twitter went awry. There were some people emailing WWE. There was a fan on Twitter said that uh, he didn't even get any notification that his seats were changed. They didn't get any type of email or any type of, uh, uh, no type of uh, message of where it's going to be, um, uh, where, where the change is. And so it's been pretty crazy. Um, hopefully they flesh all that out. And, and so, you know, hopefully. Uh, Taz also talked about when superstars lose their push. A uh, really good article I wrote uh, on, on, uh, on uh, Wrestling Inc. about that. Um, he said that it's a, a slow burn, and a lot of times they don't notice um, when their push uh, happens. And, you know, he talked about one person who he feels that uh, is kind of getting, like, further down on the priority ladder is Sasha Banks. Um, and, I, and I agree. Well, you know, there's so many people who are ahead of her. You know, it's just a part of the, uh, that's a part of the business. I mean, it really is. It's like, you know, you get pushed one day and you lose the next. You know, look at uh, Becky yeah. Lynch. You know, it's like Becky Lynch is like she's one of my favorites. And she's probably in my top three. I would say my top three right now is Naomi you know, on the main roster is Naomi, Ember Moon, and Becky Lynch. I like Asuka, too. Um, so, yeah, those are my top four, I'll say. Uh, and Naomi... Ember Moon, Oscar, and Becky Lynch. And Becky Lynch, I mean, she was the inaugural SmackDown Live Women's Champion, you know, and she 
was a pillar in the SmackDown live roster, uh, feuding with Alexa Bliss, feuding with Mickey James, and now she's an afterthought. You know, and it's unfortunate because yeah, she she's, she's one of the best on the roster, but, you know, there's so many people in front of her now that uh, it's really unfortunate for her. Yeah, that's true. You um, Sasha Banks, it, it, you got to think you're getting about an influx of newer talent. So the good thing about mm-hmm. Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch, definitely Sasha Banks, is her stock is so high and so big that she could lose a good few matches or not be booked as strong. And then, like you said, next week she can go right on back to being just as strong and being one of the top ladies of the whole division because she's on the same level as Charlotte. So the good thing about Tasha Banks, she can take control for a bit. She had a moment. Everyone can't be on the top. You know, the main thing is you have Ember Moon and you have all the new Divide Squad and you have these new, um, you know, Ron Riot Squad. Oh, oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, we know. So, it, fact, you know, you yeah, know, nice. Riot Squad. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we say worse. Would you would you prefer the Rod Squad or PMS? <laughs> me, Neither. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can keep going with the damn female tables. <laughs> but no. I'll keep going with the buzzers. <laughs> um, yeah. There's there's so many that uh, unfortunately it's uh yeah. <laughs> that's uh, I you know Riot Squad is I, I I think that was probably the worst main route like big move you know you had like Mojo coming over, um, but Riot Squad I mean I understand because the Iconics and Absolution moved over to SmackDown Live but man like the Riot Squad is so green. And so out of place on the Raw roster is just, oh, it's terrible to me. Um, and just real quick, before we get to Raw and SmackDown, we actually uh, about to get into the flavor of the week here in just a bit. Uh, just quick SmackDown, Raw and SmackDown thoughts. Uh, China's manager um, closes down a GoFundMe that he had uh, that was, uh, he wanted $25,000 for China Memorial and to put, he said he had a fourth of the, um, uh, the ashes in an urn and he, he wanted to have a memorial and, and China's mom quickly intercepted that and said it was a scam. Um, he only had two donations totaling $35 because mom was like, no way, no way. Uh, even X-Pac stepped in and said that, uh, the ashes were scattered, and so he closed it down. And so, uh, very, very controversial thoughts on that. As far as uh, the, the the fan comments, uh, they weren't they they thought it was a scam, and you know it, it's sad because he's been gone two years, and there's still types of there's still craziness going on with uh, with that. So it's unfortunate. It really, yeah, really, really unfortunate. The only time X Pac actually came in for a season, we all actually loved it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, real quick, what's your uh, Raw and SmackDown live thoughts before we get into the Flavor of the Week and the uh, 
greatest Royal Rumble predictions. Oh, Raw, this is becoming the Braun Strowman show. Monday night is Braun. Uh, T-Rex is drafted, Corey Graves. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I love uh, Booker T. This making weird noises when Ronda uh, Rousey did the, what did she call the STL, the arm lock? Oh, what are you doing, Booker T? But that's why we love you. <laughs> Uh, 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 that's why we love you, Booker T. Um, I, I love Elias winning with the roll up. I'm really loving uh, Drew and Dolph. Um, I love their tag team, even though it seems weird, but it gives Dolph something to do and uh, Drew to be a tag team. All black hustlers yeah. matter. Uh, our, our brothers just keep getting thrown to the wolves, just getting beat up for no reason. Apollo Cruz, Titus O'Neill. I love Seth Rollins being over, and, and uh, you know we a lot of people just call him Balor now, LGBT Balor. Um, everyone mad as Balor. That this that stomp, you weigh a hundred and ten pounds soaking wet, and for me to believe that <laughs> you can beat someone with jumping off the top rope and they weigh double, or uh, they about two and a half sizes bigger than you is unbelievable. Uh, I really want Bo. I have, an, I have a new finisher. I have a new finisher for his uh, for his uh, name. It's called the Tickler. Yeah, this is so what he, it uh, looks like. Uh, and, when he and, when uh, he stomps, it's like someone tickling his belly. Bo, um, <laughs> right? Bo, um, Bo, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel is in the land of purgatory. I'm at the point now where Bo yeah. Dallas just uh, take over the wide game. You know, since uh, Woken Wyatt is what I call him, that tag team, just has him struggle, uh, has Sister Abigail, the DNC, take over him. I overall thought Rob was okay. Roman Reigns, so bland. Gosh, you're so over, but everything about you is generic. Believe that. I don't know how I'm going to leave with the championship. Really, Reigns, is that is that really all you have to say? Really? It's my it's yo. scripted. It reminds me of the 80s, and it's not Reigns' fault, but it's like, is this like an 80s B-list action movie with these one-liners? It's like, I'm going. <laughs> uh, overall, I thought Rob was decent. Uh, it was, uh, like you told me before I watched it, it was uh, okay. Shout out to the women Nick, doing the main event. Uh, still don't get burned it down with Seth Rollins. Uh, you met my lovely girlfriend, Carter Stone. Every time we hear that, we just start laughing, like, burn what down? <laughs> um, I, I just real quick. Uh, of course, she's from a grand. My girlfriend's condo. There's some kids. We call them the Randy Owen kids. One of the kids put uh, his buddy in the RKO um, earlier today. That match actually was better than some of the matches that was on Raw last night. Um, SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, oh gosh, Benjamin, this day to lose. SmackDown back to the feature 2005. Uh, and he won them. I love the knock from. Yeah, he did. He, I'm sorry, he he did. This is a surprise. With the help of the mask mask wrestler, uh, Ginger's kids, so got to be about four feet tall. Gosh, he looks so small. I love Nakamura. That's the highlight of SmackDown. Uh, Nakamura, the different music, the 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 mm-hmm. crotch chop now. The, the I, I I did like the quick story of Carl Anderson. Not Carl Anderson. Um, yeah, Carl Anderson. Saving AJ Styles taking the need of face or yep. whatever you call it, the the shining wizard or whatever by or how to make whatever. Shasha. But I like the new Nakamura. I speak no English. 
doing the low blow, which will probably be a finishing move on TK19. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just kind of like that story, but that's my thoughts on SmackDown. No speak English. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, real quick. Uh, Raw for me, um, just, uh, yeah, I think Bobby Roode's going to turn. Uh, if they're doing that to set up just a Bobby Roode Elias feud, just that uh, 50-50 crap, I, I can't stand it. Sammy and Kevin, well, was the seven, Sammy and Kevin show was cool. I, to me, the highlight was uh, just the showcase of Bobby Lashley and uh, Braun. Taz doesn't like the way that Bobby Lashley's being used. It makes sense because he was talking about how he shouldn't have been in the Tin yeah. Man and, 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 and so forth. Sure. And I, I, I agree with that. I mean, you know, push Bobby Lashley. People are saying turn him heel. No, don't turn him heel because he won't be able to turn uh, to, to use the mic as much he as he did in Impact. He can't talk. Um, he can't talk. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he, he's, he, he got a lot better in Impact, but, you know, he's he won't last if he was trying to be on the mic on, on Raw. Just they, they won't give him that much mic time. And plus, it's scripted, so they wouldn't it wouldn't even make sense, so it would be that would be a bad call. Um, and then, all right, we we got a roll. Uh, and then, so yes, it was, the raw was good. Chad Gable winning that was interesting. And I've talked about oh, the yeah, Rousey yeah, thing, was. and I agree with the Dalton Drew thing. Um, uh, and then Big Cass still looks great, uh, so uh, that would be interesting. I'm okay with him and Daniel Bryan. It's a good way to use Bryan right now, and the story made sense too. Uh, Oscar losing again. I guess they just don't care anymore about her, which is very sad. Well, let Goldberg street. Some, Goldberg's ghost is after her. Um, Naomi being involved with the Usos angle, I'm cool with. Uh, and then, yeah, I've talked about Shinsuke. So. All right, so real quick, the flavor of the week. Uh, we only got a few minutes left, so uh, just going to be real quick. It is now time for the flavor of the week. All right, so I saw a couple of names on here on the chat. Someone said Ezekiel Jackson. I think that was a good one, too. I actually <laughs> chat with him still. Uh, yeah. Uh, Someone said uh, he would have he been a good heel champ. Yeah, I mean, you know, they pushed him very well, but... Um, yeah, well, uh, of course, the names I have is Ryback, Wade Barrett, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, although, yeah, Ziggler's a fell push because they, they didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're perhaps now, but mm, maybe too little, too late. Alex Riley, Cody Rhodes, Ted DiBiase Jr., uh, Carlito, and Chris Masters. We just had them on our show tonight. So, um, yeah. so that's, uh, that's that. So. <laughs> Um, you forgot Manu. So much. M- Manu. <laughs> Legacy. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. All right, so we got a few minutes left, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into these uh, greatest World Rumble predictions. Uh, all right, so we have um, just real quick John Cena Triple H. Who you got? Miss McMahon is the awesome winner. I'm just joking. Um, John Cena wins. Triple H doesn't. Triple H sets everybody over for big matches. He doesn't win big matches much. Um, you gotta give it to him. Exactly. John Cena wins. Except for Sting. Except for like, except for like the, oh gosh. Mm. That's the X button. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cena. Yes, I agree. Cedric Alexander or Kalisto. 
Black wrestlers matter, such as Alexander Wayne. And and I declare if he comes up with new gear for this for this event that he, he didn't do for WrestleMania, put him on a prayer list. I got Cedric as well. Legend Brothers or the Usos? Oh gosh. Legend Brothers. That's a sleeper match. Uh, I think we both were going with Undertaker. I guess we're going to give it. Uh, the Bar or Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy? The Walking Wyatt, Walking Matt, Walking Hardy, that one. Yes, absolutely. Jeff Hardy or Jinder Mahal? Uh, Jeff Hardy. Yeah, Jeff Hardy. Uh, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, or The Miz? Rollins will keep it because he's one of the hottest things going on in the world. Majority. Uh, I think I'm going to do Balor. Do Balor. I, I want Rollins to win. I like Rollins. Um, you may do Balor. Uh, Styles or Nakamura? I would say Nakamura is just to do something unexpected, but right now Nakamura, the, the money's in the chase, even though he's a heel. So I'm just going to after the belt. So AJ Styles. I say Styles. I say Nakamura takes the backlash a year after. I think he debuted last year's backlash. So, um, and Lesnar reigns. Reigns and wins, people. Either way, the fans are gonna be mad. I think Reigns finally won so far. They start trying to pull his UFC fight. Yeah. I agree. Reigns wins. Who wins the greatest Royal Rumble match? That's a tough one. I have no idea. Uh, I, uh, maybe Daniel Bryan. Um, I don't even know. I, I was talking to him all day. Did uh, Daniel Bryan maybe? Um, Big Show. <laughs> I thought he was retired. Um, I honestly don't know, man. Um, I'm just calling the name of the Daniel Bryan. My, uh, I got Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. I don't think Braun Strowman is a rare Strowman win. Yeah, All right, ladies and gentlemen, once again, 300 and... Uh, I don't say I'm coming back. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, man. Uh, yeah, you can be, you can be there. Um, 317 uh, episodes in the book, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, someone also was saying Braun Strowman. I agree. Uh, thank you so much for the interaction, as always, on the Wrestling Inc. Facebook. And, of course, this will be on Wrestling Inc. YouTube soon. Of course, thank you so much. Thank you for all the support. Again, um, uh, no, uh, live chat or live stream or YouTube next week, maybe the week after going to major back surgery on Friday, but uh, I will be tweeting, I will be updating uh, feel free to tweet me, tweet me at Chris Prolific uh, Pancakes of Power Simp shows at Crave Wrestling follow Crave Wrestling on, on Facebook and Twitter I'm at Chris Prolific, ladies and gentlemen so uh, thank you so much for your well wishes and I will definitely continue to uh, let you know uh, my update what's one of my doing. Thank you so much for all your support. Ladies and gentlemen, 317 episodes in the book. Until next week, enjoy your week of wrestling. 
God bless to you all. And always remember, I do it for you. <laughs> Have a good night. Good night, guys. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.